0: Xbox On. Welcome to Xbox On, the podcast with one host about one console, the Xbox One, and now some other Xbox consoles as well because this this console, this podcast name is now extremely antiquated. I am said host, Jesse DeRosa, and on today's episode, we'll be talking about the latest Xbox news for the week of December 19th, 2019, including the Xbox Series X is not exactly the console's new name. Gears Tactics has a release date in a new trailer worth checking out. Forza Motorsport 8 is going to drastically change the game and more. I posted an additional bonus episode all about the Xbox Series S. So if you're looking for an episode solely focused on that big announcement from the Game Awards last week, please be sure to check that out and you can listen to me rant for an hour about everything I thought about the reveal and my kind of speculation, interpretation of what we know so far. So that is available to you. But on this week's we'll be episode, we'll be uh, getting more into our general format of the show, which, of course, as I should come as as no surprise, includes a lot of Xbox Series S information. So look forward to that. But of course, we'll first kick off the episode with what I've been playing. And you know, this week I was I was I feel like I say it's too much. It's sounds like such a broken record, but I was fairly busy. I've just been having the kind of busy holiday season here so i haven't been playing too many too much too much games but i did do some more Project x cloud testing so i've been playing darksiders 3 i'm actually really into that game i think that's a really cool game and i'm excited to sit down with it further and kind of get into it at a later point but i'm only testing it now i'm really not fully getting into it because i feel like i need to set aside like a proper time to go and do that I played a little more Halo Reach, but the big thing I did this week gaming-wise was I finally finished Jedi Fallen Order, which took me way too long to get around to, but I'm glad I finally did because, honestly, I, w- I was kind of falling out of favor with the game, and not really to the game's fault, just kind of because I wasn't really in the mood for the kind of game that it was, but the ending there really turned everything around for me. I'm really a fan of what they do in the ending, not that I'll, I'm not going to spoil anything, but just at least story-wise, I think the way they kind of wrap things up in the final hour of that game is really interesting, and it, it's a nice pick. Pay off, And for I don't know, someone who is not terribly invested in the characters of this game, I feel like I liked them a lot more by the time the game ended, and I I just like the places they went with it. I think they ended up telling a pretty interesting and, and unique story in the Star Wars universe. So if you're interested in that game, like I said earlier, Star Wars fans have no reason why they shouldn't be checking that game out. And then if you're just a fan of these kinds of games in general, these action Third person combat games, these kinds of like Uncharted or Tomb Raider like games. I think there's a lot to love here, and that aside from some technical kind of hiccups and, and some chugging frame rate wise and things like that, the game is mostly a, a really solid game and definitely worth your time. Respawn did a fantastic job making a game that they had no right being this good at making. So, overall, pretty big thumbs up on that game um, but I am glad to have it kind of behind me as I want to play more Halo Reach uh, which is what I'm going to get into this week hopefully with a little more time on my hands and a little more uh, focus and desire to sit down and play games but yeah now we'll jump into this week's news because I want to talk some more Xbox Series X. Our first story is really big one actually and I'm almost kicking myself a little bit because I feel like in my Xbox Series X full-on podcast earlier this week this is kind of exactly what i was trying to get around with but i was so in eloquently kind of beating around and it's that essentially the xbox series x is not necessarily the name of the new console the project scarlet it's kind of just the name of like this model and We'll go into what I mean by that, but just to kind of read off this story first, this comes from Business Insider, which, by the way, is not a gaming media outlet. This is like a website for like people who follow business news. That's why it's called Business Insiders for business people, you dumb idiot. So when you, get a, when you get a gaming-related story from a website like this, it's not like trying to inform gamers of what's going on. It's, this is like actually trying to help people who are investing in companies and trying to uh, like analyze and learn about various businesses and companies, like why, why shit's happening and like what exactly their, their moves are from more of like a, a business and a marketing standpoint, less so from like a, like a cool perspective or a gamer perspective or whatever fucking lens that fanboys and, and fans of video games in general like to look at things. So understand that, like this is a big story this isn't just like a an IGN story or anything this is like a trying to make sense of Microsoft's marketing decision through the lens of like someone who's trying to understand Microsoft as an overarching company in their in their market strategy. So, without with that big preface aside, my breakdown reads, Since last week's reveal of the Xbox Series X, many have criticized Microsoft's newest console, particularly its name, for being confusing and outright lame. However, it appears that the Xbox Series X isn't exactly the console's name. In an article from Business Insider, a Microsoft representative confirms that, quote, the name we're carrying forward to the next generation is simply Xbox. And at the Game Awards, you saw that name come to life through Xbox Series X, end quote. So much like the original first generation of Xbox console, the new console is simply just called Xbox, meaning that the new generation title attached to it is non-existent. Rather, the Series X portion of the name simply refers to the specific model of the console rather than the console's full name. Quote, similar to what fans have seen in previous generations, the name Xbox Series X allows room for additional consoles in the future, end quote, the Microsoft rep told Business Insider. To continue that quote, they said, We're excited to offer fans a glimpse at the next generation of gaming with Series X. But beyond that, we have nothing further to share, end quote. So basically, this is, like I said, this is exactly. what i was trying to get at earlier i i think i used the analogy earlier of the apple watch and and what i mean by that is and the thing that really makes me upset is if you read the article they even they even point out they're like look at the way the logo for the xbox series x looks where like it says xbox in massive font and then below that in like substantially smaller font you just see series x and like i even subconsciously took notice of that but just didn't make a point to say last week on the show that it's like clearly the bulk of the name is it's not like xbox 360 where 360 is just as integral to name as xbox or xbox one where like one is such an important part of the name xbox it's like this second name is so heavily associated with this generation this is like microsoft just saying we're dropping all the added name we're dropping all the 360 the one we're not doing like a playstation two three four five thing we're just calling the thing Xbox. It's one platform, which makes so much marketing sense if you think about where Microsoft's Vision for Xbox is. Because again, remember, Xbox is all of your OG Xbox games, all of your 360 games, all of your One games, and all of your Scarlet games in one place because everything's for everything's backwards compatible. And it's about playing Xbox on your phone through X Cloud. It's about playing Xbox in your Tesla someday, probably. It's about like it's just about playing Xbox games wherever. So why would you call the console anything other than Xbox? And that's exactly what they're doing here. Series X isn't so much like this generation sub name as it is like the model name. So for example, like I was trying to say last week but really ended up just kind of rambling. Again, your Apple Watch, whether it's the Apple Watch Series 2, 3, 4, they're all equally compatible with your iPhone. They're all equally just Apple Watches that do the same things and work with the same products. But if you have a newer one, you have some newer features in it. You have some beefier specs in it. It's not that one can be an Apple Watch and the other one is such a new generation that it isn't compatible with things the other Apple Watch is compatible with. It's just that eventually technology and things grow and things get iterative. And that's kind of what Xbox is doing. It's no longer like... When Xbox 360 ends and you're like, okay, cut off Xbox 360, that's a generation, put a bow on it, forget about it, that's an old thing, now we're on to Xbox One, that's the new thing, It's now we start making games just for this console, it's not like that anymore, it's much more like Steam and PC, it's like... You know, Steam isn't like Steam 1, Steam 2, Steam 3. It's like Steam. And it doesn't matter if your computer has like $300 PC specs or like $1,200 PC specs. You can still run Steam on any computer regardless of what power you have behind your PC. And that's just kind of what Xbox is. It's just... You know, it's always going to be Xbox, so you're always going to be able to play anything from like Halo 1 to Halo Infinite, but what kind of specs do you have under the hood? And the Series X isn't the name of the generation, but rather it's the model that represents whatever the hell Scarlet is. It's the most uh, currently. It's the most powerful Xbox in existence. But you know, future, you know, down the road, they might make a Series Y, a Series S, a Series whatever. And these sub brands or sub names aren't really like console generation names. They're just model names to refer to this flatline console which is Xbox and I think the thing that really muddies this understanding and interpretation of this name isn't even so much the name itself it's it's rather it's almost to Microsoft's own fault that they keep referring to Project Scarlett as a next generation console and that's really where the problem lies if you think about it because in dropping the subname and dropping the generational idea and just saying that the thing is now called Xbox what we're essentially saying is that console generations are over and in fact the first time Phil Spencer ever teased Scarlet that's what he was talking about was the kind of the final console generation the thing to end generations of consoles we're moving into the future we're kind of transcending our kind of primitive or or previous understanding of what a console was. And the problem is Microsoft keeps referring to Scarlett in Series X as a next-generation console, and that kind of muddies the water because if you market it as the next generation of Xbox then you're basically telling people, yeah, it is like an Xbox 360 or an Xbox One, but if you market it for what it really is, which is it's like a new transcendence of what the Xbox brand is, it's a kind of reboot, if you will, of the Xbox brand, then you can understand, okay, so it's not that this is the next... Xbox one or Xbox 360 it's that everything is now just Xbox and just like iPhone it's like it might be the 10s max or the 10r or the or whatever you know but it's still just iPhone it now we're just at a point where it's still just Xbox and so I think you know even if I haven't used the correct wording and everything I think the point is made between this article and what I'm trying to say that the the, the new console really is just called Xbox and this is what a lot of people were even speculating to begin with is they thought that Microsoft would call their next console Xbox, and that's basically what they did here. They just attached Series S to it to let you know which model of Xbox, not what generation of Xbox, and that's why I keep harping on the word model to kind of set a differentiation between what console generations are and then what just one flatline brand is with different iterations of. So, I don't know. Hopefully that makes things a little clearer. But I was really glad that this story came out because I don't see this as Microsoft backpedaling on the name due to backlash or anything. I really see this as what they had intended and them just kind of clarifying on that. And and this isn't like a big like PR disaster for them that they have to kind of cover up and try to remarket. I think it's like, it's again, it's just one of those things. It's like Microsoft has to slowly keep making little tiny baby steps to kind of slowly get the market on board with where they're going. You know, they didn't, you know, backwards compatible, Backwards compatibility step one, Project xCloud step two, Game Pass step three, These, these kinds of things. It's like small steps. And then eventually in five years, however many years, we'll look back and we'll see what Xbox One was at the beginning of like 2013. And then we'll look at like what Xbox is when we're well into the Series X era. And we'll just be like, oh, okay. So they were like slowly rebuilding this brand and reimagining this brand, and we were just kind of along for the ride until one day we realized, wow, we've come a long way, and wow, this is nothing like what it used to be. And that's just kind of where uh, Xbox Series X is just kind of part of that story, really. So I don't know. I think that was a really good, really important story. And I'm glad they came out and clarified that sooner rather than later. Uh, And hopefully that helps at least, if not with the mass market, at least with kind of more insiders and gaming type people that they'll understand kind of where Microsoft is coming with this naming convention now. And not keep thinking of this in like terms of like Series X is just as much a part of the name as like 1 or 360 was because it's really It's really not that. That's not the case at all. So let's jump into our second story, and this isn't really a big one. This is kind of like a tidbit, if you will, But and honestly, the reason why I almost even hesitated to put this in the news is because I feel like this was already kind of cut out and clear, but uh, just in case you weren't already made aware of that, Phil Spencer has confirmed this week that the Xbox Series X, will be backwards compatible with pretty much everything at launch, meaning the day you get the Xbox Series X, it will automatically be backwards compatible with absolutely every Xbox One game, period. So you you don't have to wait for them to slowly, you know, add games to the backwards compatibility library for Xbox One. It's just everything automatically. That's due to a whole different thing. I'm sure there's, A hardware licensing thing in the Xbox Series X that makes it an Xbox One technically enough to where they can do that. Whereas, you know, the reason why they had to add OG and Xbox 360 games onto a backwards compatibility list with the licensing was because the Xbox One was technically not meant to be backwards compatible. It wasn't built that way. And through some emulation type stuff they had to pull in the back end. They were able to retroactively make it that way. So that's why there's a special case for OG and 360 games. But for Xbox One games and going forward, basically just everything automatically backwards compatible. So for your Xbox One games, you won't have to wait for those to be added into the Series X. They'll just automatically be available from day one. Now, as far as your OG Xbox games and 360 games go, everything that's already backwards compatible on your Xbox One, from those previous uh, generations is already backwards compatible on your Series X. So it's not like they had to rebuild the library or anything from scratch. They're just going to continue to build upon it. And everything that you've been able to play on your Xbox One thus far will automatically be playable on Series X. Again, playing towards this kind of Steam like future Xbox is doing where Everything, it's not Xbox One versus Xbox 360 versus, you know, whatever. It's all just Xbox. Every Xbox plays everything Xbox. Obviously, your OG Xbox isn't capable hardware-wise or or software-wise of handling... You know your series x games but your series x can handle everything that's come before it and you know onward and we'll continue to see them expand upon that so again i don't really see that one as like news i feel like we already kind of knew that but in case you weren't already blatantly aware of that. Uh, Spencer has come out and kind of confirmed it so you can put any worry you may have had to rest on that one. Our next story and more of a full-fledged story is that we finally got a release date for Gears Tactics. So during the Game Awards we finally got an in-depth look at the upcoming Gears Tactics game which is now scheduled for a release date of April 28th 2020 on Windows 10. The new trailer shows tons of gameplay and promises a 40-hour campaign for which to me is a bit of an eye roll as I fear long games. The game is set 12 years before the events of Gears of War 1 and will have customizable squads, boss battles, And not feature a single microtransaction, not even cosmetic ones. So you don't have to worry about any type of microtransaction whatsoever in Gears Tactics. The game has been confirmed for Xbox consoles as well, but for now, we only know the release date of the PC version, and the Xbox version is kind of being taken care of after the fact. Uh, So check out that trailer that launched during the Game Awards if you have not already. It's actually really cool. It shows the gameplay being a little more XCOM like than I was expecting. I was expecting more of like a traditional RTS, kind of in the vein of like Halo Wars, but... I think Gears Tactics is pretty different. Uh, I guess the name should have suggested that. That is more of like a tactical RTS instead of just a standard real-time strategy game. But yeah, I think it looks awesome. They nailed the art style. The new characters look cool. Everything about it looks awesome. These like f- There's like these modes, these moments where you attack and it goes into like a third-person kind of traditional Gears of War perspective and just everything looks really cool. And I'm deeply intrigued to play the game, but also a little worried that they're touting a 40-hour campaign because... I can hardly beat a 12-hour game um, and find the time to enjoy that, so 40 hours is pretty daunting, but I'm sure Massive Gears fans will find a lot to love with that because I'm not going to complain. If they if they had a a Halo game that were 40 hours long, I, I don't think I'd complain about that, so yeah, absolutely go ahead and check that out. It's good to finally get an update on that game. It feels like they announced it two years ago, and then they totally dropped the ball on ever talking about it again, or I guess they announced it last year and then just didn't really say much about it this year at all, so... Now we have some concrete information, and it's coming sooner than I expected, so that's awesome. Our next story, keeping with a lot of first-party news this week, which is awesome. Turn 10, the studio behind the popular simulating racing game Forza, promises that their next Forza entry will be, quote, vastly different. The new game, presumably Forza Motorsport 8, is already confirmed to be in a playable build but the game is currently thought to be uh, an Xbox Series X launch game with an expected reveal sometime around E3 2020. The new game is said to have Uh, tons of new features to add up to an overall new experience, including things like a tire pressure module that will affect the car's driving based on tire pressure, how hot the tires get, track temperatures, etc. These kinds of like detail-obsessed things are exactly what makes people such big fans of the Forza franchise coming back game after game as Forza continues to be the definitive car franchise for automotive enthusiasts. So this is really cool just because, for those who don't know, I'm generally the way it works is there. There are two studios that make Forza games. There's Turn. There's Turn 10, who is the original developer of Forza. You know, they made the first. Uh, let's see. Before Forza Horizon One came out, I think they made the first four Forza games, and then after four, the first Horizon game came out, and then they started alternating years. So Horizon is made by Playground Games, which is which are based out of the UK. They're the ones who are thought to be working on a Fable game right now. So For Horizon being the more arcadey. Forza game and then Turn 10's Forza Motorsport being the original Forza game, which is the more of the nerdy simulated like car porn version for like car enthusiasts, and they are based here in the U.S. So normally, like I said, normally they alternate years. So last year Forza Horizon 4 came out, so you would think Forza Motorsport 8 would have come out this year. Well, unfortunately, there was no Forza this this year whatsoever, meaning that Turn 10 is getting an extra year in their development cycle, uh, meaning that they probably have something big planned for whatever the next Forza entry is. And so this new news paired with, you know, all those assertions lead us to believe that the next Forza is going to be Forza Motorsport 8, it's definitely going to be Turn 10's next game. It's going to be an Xbox Series X launch game, and it's going to show off the power of this new Xbox hardware, which is pretty common. Usually, whenever you get a new console generation, racing games are some of the most popular games to be launched as like launch day titles because they really show off console specs. It's easy to show off graphical fidelity with, with, um, with nice racing games, so that wouldn't be surprising at all. But what is cool is that it looks like they're using this extra time wisely and effectively to really revamp some of the features and to add a lot more new rather than to just make the next Forza Motorsport, which should be really promising and exciting for fans of the story of the series. I've always tried to be a Forza Motorsport fan. I've, I've bought one or two of them before. I played a couple of them. I enjoyed them for a little bit. You know, I, I think I played like Forza Motorsport 5 was probably the one I played the most of. I got maybe like Maybe like 20 hours out of it, Uh, and it it is good, but, man, I'm just way more of a Horizon fan. I I can play forza horizon for like 50 hours a game those games are fantastic i love the more arcadey unrealistic open world nature of those racing games those games are a fucking blast but regardless they share a lot of assets between both games and both studios do a fantastic job making forza games and as this is an xbox podcast i assume many of you out there have played at least a, a forza game in the past as these games sell extremely well and are very well received by the Xbox community. So definitely some new stuff to look forward to with our next Forza game, which again, I assume we'll hear more from around E3, if for whatever reason, um, Microsoft doesn't hold a Series X press conference sooner before E3, which I'm not expecting. But, you know, stranger things have happened, like the time Xbox released or announced and revealed a console during the Game Awards. So Who knows what's going to happen at this point. But yeah, that's going to do it for that story. Next story is another one of a little little like small tidbit rather than an actual story. And it's that Obsidian's The Outer World is getting DLC sometime in 2020... While no specific information was released alongside this announcement, we do know that the DLC will add more story-based content to the critically successful open-world RPG. The announcement came in, like, a Xbox Wire post where they are just thanking everyone for the success of the game, and they just kind of slipped that in there that, hey, we got some DLC on the way, the game's not completely over yet, we got some more content coming. So, Obsidian working on some more Outer Worlds content as they also work on their new game, Grounded, uh, so we got... Couple of projects in the works from Obsidian, probably even. I wouldn't be surprised if they were working on Outer Worlds 2 that's in pre production. But again, as I said back when I was playing Outer Worlds, the only thing about that, the only kind of st- stipulation or, or run in they might have with that is that the game might be having some publisher issues as it was kind of already, already had a publisher attached to it and kind of had so much development already completed by the time Microsoft had bought the studio that Microsoft might want them to just make something. Entirely different so that they can publish it and have it be an Xbox exclusive, but we don't really know Um, the outer worlds was extremely successful and I think it was more successful than anyone anticipated it being so that's gonna probably call for a sequel regardless of who owns what so I'll be interested to see how you know obsidian's next big project goes uh, with the outer worlds kind of already establishing itself and being a big a big hit. But yeah, if you really enjoyed Outer Worlds as I did, look forward to some more story DLC coming sometime in the next year. I'm sure we'll know more about that again at a sooner. I, I can I can imagine them see, announcing something like that in like an Inside Xbox in in a couple of months. So probably not too far off from hearing something about that. But. Uh, our next, our next like large scale story is that Wolf Among Us Two is kind of being completely restarted with a brand new engine. Um, so this is actually really great news if you're a Telltale fan to, in any capacity. Um, so during the Game Awards, Telltale's once canceled the Wolf Among Us Two was reannounced. However, with the original, however, whatever Telltale originally had completed of the game before being shut down in 2018 was completely scrapped and won't be in the new version at all. In fact, the new sequel runs on an entirely new engine. LCG Entertainment, the company who revived Telltale, spoke with a U.S. gamer and said the following, quote, We have completely restarted the development of the game. We felt it best to give the new creative team a clean slate to start with, end quote. Telltale's original engine, Telltale Tool, was notoriously buggy and janky, so here's hoping that Telltale will now be able to create a cleaner and smoother Wolf Among Us 2 that looks and runs great in Unreal Engine, which is now being developed in. The new studio is being made up of some previous Telltale members who previously worked on the original Wolf Among Us, but a lot of Telltale's original team is not with the newly reformed incarnation of the studio, and it is important to note that this is extensively a brand new studio under the old studio's name, rather than a complete reformation of what once was. So this I guess this makes total sense. I, I guess like no one should have seen this coming otherwise or, or expected to hear otherwise. But yeah, I mean, the Telltale engine was complete garbage when when Telltale was around in its original incarnation and people were complaining about it for years and years. So, if you're going to bring back Telltale games, one thing you absolutely have to do is use a new engine. So, why not just use something already established and proven to work as well as something like Unreal Engine? So, this makes total sense that they're using Unreal Engine. That doesn't surprise me at all. What does surprise me is that they're not really using any assets from what Telltale was already working on, uh, which tells me one of the following. Either A, Telltale really didn't have anything for this game completed, before the studio got shut down. I mean, they announced Wolf Among Us Season 2 at one point in 2017, and then we never heard anything about it, and then within less than a year, they were closed down. So it wouldn't surprise me if they just kind of made the decision to make a sequel and then never really got around to much other much other than some really rough pre-production. And then, you know, the studio ran into that trouble and closed down all at once. So it wouldn't surprise me that that's the case, and that's why they're not going with anything. Obviously, if they already had, like, some actual, like, hard work done, I don't expect them to use that. But at the very least, if they had some, like, rough story ideas, I would expect them to be using that. And, and at the very least, maybe they still are drawing from drawing some inspiration from whatever, whatever kind of, like, early storyboarding was already completed. But yeah, I mean this game is again you gotta you gotta think of this new telltale it's the telltale name but it's really not the same team it has some of the original talent uh but the new studio that the new production company that owns them is just is not even related to telltale it's basically just buying up the name buying up some of the talent and kind of picking up where uh, the original telltale left off and kind of giving this studio a second chance without really being the original studio so It's important to kind of keep that differentiation in your mind that, yeah, it says Telltale Games and it's working on things that Telltale would have worked on, but it really is something completely new and different. So we do have to make that distinction in our minds when digesting new news about anything coming from Telltale. Um, But it is just incredible that they are bringing back The Wolf Among Us 2, which was a fan favorite that they worked on and what I assume probably one of the more affordable licenses that they were working with. You know, I'm sure to get Wolf Among Us license which is based on a comic book was significantly more affordable than than getting something like Batman or Walking Dead licenses so it doesn't completely surprise me that they're able to bring this particular project back but it'll be interesting to see going forward if they're going to work on all original stuff or if they're going to try to do that, get IPs again. I think that was a big mistake because when you're paying so much money to use other people's properties to make games, you're one, using a large portion of your budget on licensing fees, and two, shooting yourselves in the foot by not having any of your own IP, not really creating any of your own brand or anything that you can merchandise off of, or, or you know find great success and own and have that kind of power by, by owning a popular franchise. So Hopefully we'll see Telltale try to do something original, kind of like what we've seen Don't not do with the Life is Strange series where they've created their all original, own completely original story from the ground up using a similar kind of gameplay, using a similar kind of genre of, of storytelling and gameplay. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you were if you're once looking forward to The Wolf Among Us 2, I'm happy for you that you'll be getting that Wolf Among Us 2 after all, despite all the odds with the studio originally shutting down and everything, so... That's pretty cool to see this game get a second chance at getting a second game. And then our next story here is actually another small one, a lot of little smaller ones as we head into the slow time of the year. I'm actually surprised how much news we have available to us this late in the year. Um, But World War Z, the popular zombie game, is getting a new horde mode, pitting players against increasingly and more difficult waves of zombies as every horde mode goes. This co-op mode includes all the staples of the mode along with new side objectives. The update includes this the update that actually includes this mode is available at the time of this recording so be sure to check it out as this game is really really quite awesome as i was saying a few months ago on the show and it is available through game pass so you have literally no excuse to not try it out i'm gonna hopefully get into that this week a little bit that's like that's my biggest weakness right there is like these kinds of left for dead zombie games plus horde modes so that that's something that screams my name and i'm gonna have to check out in the next few days here uh, and then at, we'll wrap up this week's news with some with two smaller announcements, two quicker ones. The first one being that during the Game Awards, again, lots of Game Awards and news as that just happened a few days ago. A new Fast and Furious game was announced for a May 2020 release. The game titled Fast and Furious Crossroads features Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, and Tyrese Gibson reprising their respective roles from the movie. The game promises to offer story-driven action with heist missions and loaded cars for players to both drive in as well as gun in. Fast and Furious Crossroads is being developed by Slightly Mad Studios, who were recently acquired by the team behind Project Cars. Despite their new ownership, however, the game is actually being published by Bandai Namco as a tie-in for the upcoming movie Fast and Furious 9, although it seems that the game has no relation to the movie as the trailer largely borrows retellings of action scenes and stunt scenes from the various films throughout the franchise. So this was kind of a funny way to end the Game Awards, and that's exactly what they did. They announced this game, and then Michelle Rodriguez and Vin Diesel announced the Game of the Year Award, which is just a really weird kind of closeout it felt very like promotional for something in Hollywood rather than celebrating something in the video game industry, especially because this game, I don't know if you've seen the trailer, but you should definitely check it out. The game looks like ass and that's coming from someone who actually really likes the Fast and Furious franchise and accepts them as like his favorite dumb action movie franchise. Like I know these movies aren't technically good, but I get a total kick out of watching them and I admire the hell out of them and have done so since I was a little kid. So, I want to be excited about a Fast and Furious game, but this game looks like really bad, actually. And now that's not going to stop me from playing it, but it like check this game out. It looks like it was made 12 years ago, and it runs like shit. Even in the trailer, you can see like texture popping <laughs> and stuff like that. It's it's just not good looking at at all. Now this game, to be fair, is definitely like an not a triple A project. This is not like um, an um, Insomniac Spider-Man game. This is like using an IP to make a cheap movie tie-in cash grab for sure. Now I greatly miss having games like this around. I miss back in the day when there were more of these lower risk kind of tying games that were just like cheaper entry level little side games you played throughout the year. Nowadays, it seems like we only have, you know, the top percent of AAA games that are $60 and are like the big game of the year contenders, or it's the small indie games that all aspire to be Super Nintendo games. And there's really nothing in between. So I kind of miss this mid-tier genre or this mid-tier like slew of game. Uh, so I'm excited to see stuff like this come back and and hopefully we get more and more of these things. And hopefully this will be like a Spider-Man 2 kind of deal where this game is way better than it has any right being um but we'll have to of course see but if you're a fast and furious fan maybe you can look forward to the first fast and furious game i think since the last time we got a fast and furious game was the forza horizon 2 tie-in dlc for forza for fast and furious um i believe that was seven um but that was just a dlc little side add-on that wasn't a full-fledged game and then before that i think fast and furious 6 got like a a full movie tie-in game. It might have been called Supercharged or something like that, but it was a PS3, Xbox 360 game, and that was just, like, absolute garbage. So it's been a while since we've seen a Fast and Furious game, let alone a kind of A-tier movie tie-in game. So be interesting to see how that turns out in just a couple months when that comes out and our final story this week is that players are now able to connect their xbox live accounts to their reddit accounts which will automatically subscribe them to the xbox insiders subreddit linking the two accounts nets you a new trophy logo next to your reddit account name and to get your two accounts connected you'll just need to have uh, the xbox game bar app or xbox beta app for windows 10 pcs um, so if you're looking for more ways to kind of get all your various con- accounts connected, this is a nice way to get yourself going. I'm a big fan of Reddit. I don't know why people shit on it so much. I feel like I feel like Reddit's actually one of the more positive social media sites. I don't know when I'm on Reddit, I feel like I see a lot more positivity or at least neutrality than I see like negativity. But I maybe mean, that's because I follow so many stupid niche subreddits like like r slash Windows Phone, Mountain Dew, and shit like that. But Nonetheless, um, so yeah, you can go ahead and connect your Reddit account to your Xbox Live account. And in the future, it looks like they'll be adding more functionality on Xbox to allow you to kind of click on someone's profile and not only see all their Xbox stuff, but then link to their various social media profiles as a result of you know the accounts you can connect. And it looks like these things are kind of already being baked in if you're using the Xbox Beta app, which I'll be honest, I, I don't really use. So I'm not too familiar with how that all looks. Uh, but if you're interested in, in taking advantage of this, you can go ahead and already start connecting those accounts as of today that's going to do it for this week's news it's, it's kind of like actually a handful of news stories a lot of them were a little smaller ones but especially you know that first one in particular about the name of the xbox series x i think we have some notable stories coming out this week which is rather impressive this late in the year uh with with christmas being just a few days or days away uh and just as a side note I'm not going to be taking a week off. I know. I know a lot of podcasts do the whole like this is our last show of the year, and now we're going to go home for the holidays and take a break, and we'll be back in January. This show is not taking a hiatus whatsoever. I'm going to be here next week and the week after that. I don't. I don't get breaks. This is a. This is a thing I do every single week. So for better or for worse, you're stuck with this show every single Thursday. Um, but before we officially wrap up, let's let's go over this week's Xbox games that are that are coming out. We've got eleven brand new games you can check out this week on your stupid Xbox One, you stupid idiot, your stupid inferior Xbox One that doesn't have the sophistication or the power or the dream capability of the Xbox Series X, which I've already been, I've actually been using it for about a week now. So. And that's one of the perks to being a sponsored podcaster. Um, so this week on your on your consoles, you can play The Sims 4 Discovery, Discovery University, which is some kind of like college simulator. So if you want to relive the, the horrors and the trauma of college, I guess you can now do that in video game format. And that is an Xbox One X enhanced um, option, which just kind of seems like a... A stupid thing to brag about now since you know you could you could be xbox series x enhanced but i guess if you want to brag about how inferior your game is you can go ahead and play the xbox one x enhanced version of sims 4 um, which is notoriously a game for gamer girls our next game we got here is untitled goose game which if you've been living on a rock you may have you you may have not heard about but for everyone else in the world we know that this game is been making the rounds for being really charming and kind of wacky and crazy yeah i think it was out on nintendo switch as of like two months ago but it's finally on xbox as of this week and the great news is it's launching right into game pass so if you're looking to play untitled goose game you you can absolutely get in on that through game pass and you can get into all your duck shenanigans you can go taking the rake and sticking it in a lake and all that all that fun stuff that ducks like to do. Our next game here is called Mushroom Quest, which is I guess a indie game for potheads, so you can go fuck yourself. And then after that we've got Oliver's Adventure in Fairyland. This looks like every NES, SNES genesis game that you would ignore in one of those retro consoles that comes loaded with 100 games this is one of those 100 games that you just would literally never touch because it's just so generic and boring looking that my eyes are bleeding just having stared the screenshot next we got hero hero which looks like some kind of top-down retro looking rts kind of nerdy game and then we got dawn of man which the image just shows uh, the manatee, or not the manatee, the mammoth, the mammoth from Ice Age, and it shows a couple of cavemen being thrown off into the air. Um, so what I assume this is, is like the M-rated reboot of Ice Age, I guess now that Disney owns 20th Century Fox and Blue Sky and all these all these new companies that they're kind of doing a, a mature reboot of Ice Age. So in this game, you'll be playing as Manny from Ice Age, and you'll be kind of dealing with the traumas of of mankind kind of poaching and and hunting down the last of your of your kind and and kind of the struggle to fight back to humanity and say and say hey you know i understand you need our tusks and our wool and our meat to survive but We also need to survive as well. This Ice Age isn't easy for for us mammoth types. And so if you're really into kind of digging into the humanity behind the popular animated franchise um, Ice Age, I think this is going to be a great game for you. It's called Dawn of Man, and it's uh, honestly my game of the year. Uh, Our next game here is called Gunvolt Chronicles. If you like playing Nintendo 3DS games on your Xbox One, well, then you're in luck because now you can. That's what that is. And then we got borderlands 3 moxie's heist of the handsome jack jackpot or handsome jackpot fuck me it's a it's the dlc for borderlands 3 we were talking about the other week it's it's one x enhanced again i just I, it's like how fucking lazy can you be just just series x enhanced it why do we why do we have to be using this outdated hardware on anyway warhammer quest 2 the end of times is also also available On December 20th, if you want to waste your holidays, you know, maybe some of you have families and you want to neglect your families and sit indoors all day playing Warhammer Quest 2 because you're a fucking loser who never got a girlfriend and you want to sit down and and go dungeon crawling with all your best friends um, that you don't have. And that's a thing you can do because that game's out now. And then we'll wrap up with our final two games, the best two games on the list. We've got Cold Silence, which is basically in like monochrome weird colors it's for people who are colorblind it's like uh it's like a, it's like fucking oppression olympics for people who are colorblind it makes everyone have to suffer through your inability to see color because this this game looks like ass and then the last game is called avery uh, or, or sorry airy little bird adventure now this game is ultra colorful which means i'm pretty sure this game just took the color out of the last game and just added it into this giving it additional color but it basically looks like Firewatch meets journey meets flower and it is xbox one x enhanced meaning that you can get the ultimate visuals on the ultimate gaming console which is only 349 this holiday season and that is going to do it for these new games as a reminder one last time games with gold probably not the last time yeah for games of gold for december just as a little reminder you got insane robots throughout the rest of december jurassic world evolution which is now available as of this week and you can download that through january 15th and then toy story 3 is no longer available on the 360 side so you fucking missed out on that gem that was the best that was the best game of the four this month so you're an idiot if you didn't download that although i will i will be honest i forgot to download it through throughout the 15th through the 15th and then on the morning of the 16th i was like oh shit and i ran to the store and Toy Story 3 wasn't listed as as a Games with Gold game. But if I went to the store and searched Toy Story 3, it let me download the game for free still. So I don't know if that was just like I got lucky or if that's a, a weird thing. But may, maybe you can still get it for free if you haven't already. So just search that in the store and see if, it's, see if there's a price tag associated. The last one being Castlevania Lords of Shadow, which you can get starting now throughout the rest of December. If you want to play an inferior Castlevania game, you can go ahead and do that. It's a fourteen ninety nine ESRP, MSRP, ERP, uh, MSRP. So you can go ahead and play that for free. And that's going to do it for this week's episode. Like I said, I will be back next week. Uh, Christmas is not slowing me down, and you will have another hour of Xbox on to make your ears bleed. And now we're going to get played out by uh, with a song from my friend Eric. But, of course, before we do that, I want you guys to follow me on social media, Go ahead and hit me up on Twitter at Logitech and hit me up on Instagram at Leaky Tiki. And that's going to do it for this week. Eric.